Mrs. Ryan. Okay. So exciting. Yeah. yeah. That looked a little different. Put another picture in there. Yeah, I saw that. Thanks. Neato. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Ryan. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Let's bring it in here. There we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Today is Thursday, May 16th, 2019. My name is Jay Ryan. This is Nicole Ryan. We are the Ryans, and this is It's Tonight's Show. Our guest this evening is comedian Sam Tripoli. In typical fashion, we've been getting to know him in the green room. Great guy. Can't wait till he's out here. Lots of stuff to talk about today. Mrs. Ryan, how yes. are you feeling today? Fine. Fine. What's I going feel, on? I feel awful. Um, but but I, is there a reason for that specifically today? My MS stuff. Um, right. But specifically, are you medicating or not medicating? I'm recalibrating mm. because I, I, you, I've noticed I, it affects me differently, and I'm mixing up words, and my hands are weird sometimes. So yes. I've just had to kind of clear my system out and reset some stuff. Sometimes the, uh, the medicinal cannabis will... Uh, calm your body down take some of the pain away and stuff but of course that <laughs> makes your brain go <laughs> so i think a lot of that along with your wiring i think is probably a, a com- combination of errors yeah yeah it affects my brain differently than my body and i've had to set like work to separate that out so mm-hmm. i could control both separately and they're both supposed to be automated it's a mess yeah but you're working on it i'm working it's on it progress, so hard right? yeah i'm getting there and today seems better after you. the break yesterday good for you Thanks fantastic for um, with that, Mrs. Ryan, I've got a couple of videos to play today, and then we'll get Sam in here. Cool. Uh, I'm trying to think. We do finally have the Luft video, and we also have an orange curtain. You want to go behind the orange curtain first? Yeah. All right. Let's take a peek. Go down to Orange County. Take a look with Paul Kramer and the Auto Kennels. I think I did that wrong and right. <laughs> Roll it out. Good morning, Mr. and Mrs. Ryan. This is Paul Kennel from behind the orange curtain. About to head into Los Angeles County. I am in La Tortuga and I am on my way to pick up my dad and we're headed to Monterey for the 20th anniversary of our group. Uh, it's their annual Treffen and uh, hopefully there'll be a lot of people from out of town who are here for Lufkakult and um, I'll be checking in and letting you know how everything's going but uh, miss you guys. Crazy weekend last weekend, but uh, happy to be in the Tortuga on another adventure. Uh, and it's it's pouring out right now, so uh, it should be fun. Love you guys. Oh, I love that guy. Uh, that was just this morning. So I he's thought on his I way heard rain. L- yeah. On his uh, way to go do the Treffen run with the R Group. 20th anniversary. It's pretty exciting. And he's back in Tortuga? It's back, back in, in Tortuga. The- Tortuga was at... Well, nobody knows that. <laughs> nobody knows that. Uh, Tortuga was at Lufkakult, yes. <laughs> pretty good, Mrs. Ryan. Um, all right. We, uh, let's play the video, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. How's that? Okay, cool. All right. This is a Luft 6 weekend, and you'll see a lot of familiar faces. Roll it out. <laughs> Quiet. Good morning. We're here at Newcastle. 
having to sit there and take a lot Man are in the house. Hey guys. Hi guys. We're all in town for the look. Mrs. Ryan, uh, there was so much in there that was so nice. That was all one weekend, one like That's two and crazy. a half day. I, uh, isn't that crazy? I didn't know. I literally would have said like, "Oh, that was like the last month." Yeah. Uh, so we should talk about a couple things there. V Dubber for Life was in town, of course, as we know, mm-hmm. and uh, you see a lot of Nick Hunziger there as well. Uh, Brooke and the Casman flew out for the Lufka Cult weekend. They were at the Breakfast Club, and, and obviously uh, a little something took place here. They got engaged right here on our set, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and then the other thing was there was a weird uh, liquor store. Why on earth would there be pictures of a liquor store on the way home? That was the liquor store from Superbad. We were yeah. coming home from Singer. On the, between Singer and our house is the liquor store from Superbad, where McLovin goes in with the fake ID and the whole bit. Hawaii <laughs> Yeah, McLovin, all of that stuff. I don't know why. We took pictures of it, and it was in there. So that's, that's the explanation there. Um, but uh, uh, huge hats off to um, Patrick Long and Howie Edelson and uh, 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 Jeff Zward, of course, and everybody who was involved with putting on the big Lufka Cult show over at Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, and then all of the other uh, Porsche people and shops and, and anybody with anything to do with the whole uh, uh, um, community had open houses and it was just a really great social it time. Was so such thank you a to everybody for great gathering of people. Yeah, pulling together. So everyone did something fun and everyone had fun and did cool stuff and to celebrate what we all love. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was neat. Awesome Thanks, week. you guys. All right, Mrs. Ryan, that brings us to the moment where we ask the question that is on everyone's mind. Dun, 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 dun. What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? Hershey's is for the first Hershey's? time ever. Hershey's. Hershey's the candy. Chocolate. Um, 
they have not ever done anything like this. They've never changed the logo or anything. They've never changed the how the chocolate looks or anything. Mm-hmm. For the first time mm-hmm. since it was brought here in 1900, they're going to, for the summer, change the logo out and put 25 emojis on the bars of chocolate. Wow. That's crazy. What's the reasoning to, be, to attract the younger viewers? Like the whole point is if they've been if they've held out this long, I feel like you keep that streak going. I agree. They're, a twenty year alcoholic doesn't have a, a, a shot of whiskey on his twentieth day twentieth year chip day. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't seem to. Like why are the, we? Why now? The, the reasoning behind everything they're saying it sounds great. Like I don't know oh. if it'll work, but they're doing it under the auspice of starting conversations between generations. Oh. Grandma that loves Hershey's oh, can ask her grandkid what this emoji means, and they can have a chat. So it's just to talk about it, almost like we're doing right now. Yeah. Right. Which, what, however it works, however people talk and communicate and share mm, sure. <laughs> good moments, I'm all for it. That's cool. Um, I, when I was a kid, we used to go to uh, Hershey Park every year to play in the band. Yeah. The, they had band, you know, music competitions every year. I went, too. Did you? My marching band went there. Yeah, us, too. Yeah, maybe we ever I competed. S- maybe I saw you there. Maybe. Um, who knows? This, uh, okay. The summer is starting. It's almost, it's May something. Um, but there's one last big trick of storms coming through on the West coast. I don't think it's going to be the last one, but I know there's another one coming through. They're predicting snow. Yeah. Yeah. Snow. Or it's actually snowing. I think up North. There is snow in the mountains up North and it's all through the West. Like Yosemite park is like closing down one of their major scenic roads for a few days because the winds and Butte is getting a lot of rain. Mm. So like look around, but like, Summer's mm-hmm. not here quite yet. <laughs> I think uh, the se- I th- yeah, I think all that stuff is <laughs> down the road motors. I think I think I think weather is just going to be kind of a a thing for a while. Just a thing. Just I don't know. All the movies always said like once the static begins, you know what I mean? Oh it's yeah. It's kind of like all right, well, here we are in the uh, last thirty seconds of the uh, of the world or whatever. Maybe so. You know, in yeah. that wor- in that atomic clock thing. Yeah, that's all I have today. Oh, that's it, Mrs. Ryan. Wow. And I threw my card. <laughs> that's been what's <laughs> so going on. Unofficially, off the record, did you have anything you wanted to say about your news from yesterday? Uh, I will correct it and say that part <laughs> of my my changing my realization of how off I had gotten and why I had to decalibrate some things was I confuse words so easily and then i come out here and i'm like here's a really important news story i know it's not important but it's usually factual hmm. yesterday i said tree- <laughs> fish have trees in their ears and that's yep. not what i meant they have these things called octolists or something in their ears and it's fish that don't um that have bones not cartilage like sharks and my point was when water is warmer it holds less oxygen mm. and there's it, the sediments that hold and don't hold in the changed weight of that water leave different kinds of rings, translucent and opaque, on those things like trees. Wow. <laughs> I went really Sounds far. Sounds to be some sort of fish inner ear disorder, but you went pretty deep without telling us you were going deep, so it was, it was hard went to follow. deep and confused words, and I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so well, good job. Good job. Changing nice my redaction or whatever, correction, correction, whatever you would call that. Um, All right, well, let's take a quick break and get our guest, Sam Tripoli, in here. Ladies and gentlemen, we come back. Sam Tripoli will be sitting in that seat right there. More to come right after this.
with Sam Triple Hey! hey. <laughs> there we are, What's professional. Man? I'm putting this up on Instagram. He's, he's Instagramming Check right now. Check me out. There hey, we go. everybody, I'm about to do it's Yeah, show. where's my camera? Yeah. Oh, there's my camera. Thank you guys for having me out. I'm so impressed. With your studio, it's pretty damn amazing. I showed it to my my guy who does all my video stuff for my podcast, and he was like blown away. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Well, my background is TV, so I didn't really know what else. to do. Yeah, you wrote on Saturday Night Live, huh? I didn't write on Saturday. What'd you do? Production. Just go with it. Just go with it. Seventeen years old. I was the head writer. That's right. Yeah. There we go. Everybody knows that. I love it. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Dude, it's really good to have you here. No problem. Um, I'm looking forward to the conversations because I don't really know what to expect, and I kind of like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? When, when we're not too prepared. I think it's important to talk to people, you know, that maybe make you a little nervous or you don't know what they're going to say and all that stuff. I think everything is too controlled now in show business. You know, it's more business than it is show. It's, you know. Okay, am I eating it? Yeah, there we go. A little better. There we go. Look for the red there. I am just very unprofessional. No, we're Uh, very lucky to have an awesome microphone sponsorship from these telefunken people, so they gave us really, really good gear. You don't have to work too hard. They made it nice for us to just... You guys have it going, dude. You guys have it on lockdown. (laughs) So, like, I do a show called Tinfoil Hat, and, like, I'm trying to kind of get to a place where it gets, like, William Eck... F. Buckley's old uh, firing line. Have you ever seen that on YouTube? <laughs> I remember William F. Buckley very well. Yeah, I'm not politically. He's. Not, it's not my thing. I'm not in any political group or anything on any side. But like the Is people. That true? Yeah, aren't I, you known for being a conservative? That's the funniest thing Is about me. Bullshit? Everybody thinks I'm conservative. I'm the farthest thing from conservative. There's certain Talking things. Talking to you, I would have thought you're nowhere near. But no, then when I'm you read super the internet, liberal on the internet everything. You're conservative. Yes, I'm super liberal. Uh, the only thing that I could say that I, I, I would fall under conservative is, uh, I believe, uh, the rights to bear arms. And there's some there's some libertarian stuff that I believe in, like the uh, the elimination of right. Uh, it's basically uh, the uh, fee of entry, which is like, you know, a lot of people don't know this about becoming a doctor. There's so many fees to becoming a doctor. In that addition it, to education and everything you're talking about. Right? Yeah, on top yep. of education right. that basically puts them in this, this square box where it makes it impossible for them to almost get their own practice, which makes them completely controlled. And they're only qualified to do one thing at that yeah. point. So it's like, that's what I'm, but everything else, it's like live and live your life and whatever consenting adults want right. to do with consenting adults. Like yeah, You do you. Yeah, that's my whole thing forever. I'm a shady weirdo, you know, so the very I'm very much in the liberal everything. So I don't really care what you do with consenting adults. It's up to you. Uh, so that's kind of my the whole thing is that like in this town where you like are open minded to having conversations with everybody, they automatically label you into some weird conservative shit because I had somebody like, I don't know, a, uh, um, uh, you know, Alex Jones on my show. And it's like, Did I'm you really? A, yeah, you I had, had Alex Jones, Jones on because I'm a liberal. I'm, a, I'm open-minded to talking to everybody. I'm open too, but sometimes his intensity gets... Uh, I couldn't... I, I did watch it, but it was very painful to watch the last time he was on Joe Rogan. Yeah. It was a three and a half hours or whatever the heck it was. I'm so fascinated by the actual conversations that can take place when they both settle down. But yeah. sometimes he's just so aggro that oh, I, he puts I, I on turn a show. it off and I can't... I mean, it's like you're not going to get in to hear, buddy. He puts on a show. A lot. There's a lot of misinformation on what he's the, the whole thing was guy if you, you do okay you know there's a lot of inform- uh, misinformation on what was said and what he did and all this stuff so i mean but people flipped out when i had him on my show they're like why are you having it's like because 
I'm an, I want to hear all the sides. I'm not interested in living my life just talking to people I agree with. <laughs> it's boring. But it's just so not fun. boring. I already know how I feel. Yeah, right? And so I'm interested in hearing all the information, and that's why I'll have people like him. I've had a Satanist on my show. You know, I talk to that guy. I'll talk to You have interesting much... conversations with interesting people. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you also have way more than one show. I don't even know. I couldn't even keep track of how yeah. you're really, really busy, and you're spread all over the place. You've got a number of shows that you're, you're either hosting or a part of, right? Yeah, I, I have. T- well, the thing is, like... I literally talk to myself all day. It is is why I had a bad drug problem for a while, just to, to shut the voices off of my, not the voices, but my head, yeah. just constantly going. So I said, you know, I can either do one of two things. I can either keep doing drugs or I can get off drugs and just put a camera in front of my face yep. and record me just every thought I have. So that's kind of where we're at. So I, do, I made a podcast about the two things I really love, which is, uh, you know, sports and what is conspiracy, but I think it's just really just the unreported history. So that's pretty much what I'm into. Sports and conspiracy. Yeah, it's very that's interesting. So Sometimes rad. they blend you together. you covered them both on the same one? Yeah, we've covered it. That's like Michael Jordan's uh, re- retirement was not a retirement. Right. He basically got caught gambling, and they oh, made him uh, take a break. The most yeah. competitive guy in the world who played well into his 40s suddenly decided to take a a three-year break in the middle of his prime. Right. What was that, or Pete Rosen, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they basically caught him. And, yeah. you know, his dad had a bad gambling problem, which cost him his life. And it's like all that stuff's really interesting. I really just love it because the, it's all real. Once Who you knew there were sports it? conspiracy theories? Of course there would be. It never occurred to me. I don't. I know literally we should get up. I know nothing about sports. There's nothing wrong with she that. She used to play. Uh, I, I was obsessed with this stuff when I was a kid, if you couldn't tell. Uh, instead of playing sports. But I love that. She used to play uh, professional professional hockey. She used to play hockey for, uh, uh, was it varsity hockey for Michigan? We tried to get varsity. We were still club, but there was no varsity team. So for women. But, uh, University of yeah. Michigan. I love Ann it. Ann Arbor. You made, you know, you're a trailblazer. <laughs> of course. And that's everything. Like, all the stuff is started by the trailblazers and the outlaws, and then the then the bean counters come in and they try to change it. And that's you're kind of see what you happen with uh, comedy right now. You know, they're trying to make comedy a gentleman's art, and it, it was literally <laughs> started in strip bars where alcoholics would bring up drug addicts to take yeah. off their clothes for, for money. And it's like all these famous comics over the years – I mean, the one of the most famous ones was a giant rapist. So, like, why are we trying to put rules on this stuff? And it's that's the whole interesting. Everything thing is of, everything, right? Well, it's just like you know, it's just like we've gotten to this place where it's like, like this notion of being offended is like the, this like capital crime. It's, it doesn't even make any sense to me. And, and now we're just allowing anybody to be outraged about anything. I literally had a friend lose his job. Because he got hired at this place, and this woman in another department they never even worked in, they doesn't even work with, saw a video he did and complained that she couldn't work with him, even though they worked in different. And, that and he lost his job. Gracious. That's crazy. That's it's like it's the only I mean, thing I in the guess world. Maybe it depends on what was in the video, but I mean, for the most part, that's he was ridiculous. a comic. Yeah, it's not ridiculous. a snuff film just or material. anything like that's that. Yeah. Yeah. I was killing material. this hooker. I can't work with that person. <laughs> How you know dare what I'm saying? Yeah, though. right, right, right. But it's, it's just getting like it, a little out of hand, and like it's always been that way with comedy. I feel like is it worse now? 
It's you know what, dude. Back in the the, the first cons- censorship was from the right to the left, which was morals and immoral, and it was lifestyles, and it was like you can't have interracial dating, you can't have gay marriage, you can't have all that stuff. Sex out marriage that was all the censorship. That was the book burning, right. and now it's the other side, and now it's based on feelings and these weird kind of like <laughs> fine print. I do a joke about it. I have a video. It's called Oppression Math. If you go to my YouTube channel, and it's just like about how like you know people walk on stage you start calculating how much the the person's group has been oppressed and based upon that is what to let them get away with and that at the top of the pyramid is a fat black gay midget who oh can boy. just rip everybody <laughs> you know? they get a free pass right yeah they can say whatever they and like I, I you know kevin hart's only two of those and look how big he got and and it's just and it's just the truth and it's just ridiculous so this one comedian now just put out a special called nick DePaulo. it's very uh. politically <laughs> incorrect and people are losing their skulls over it but i'm like there are people like this woman named Amanda Seals who goes up and she's she's this a, a black female comedian and she's on HBO and she's pulled white women on stage and just ripped them new assholes for I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on the sure. show but ripped them new assholes for just being white people and it's like why is that acceptable under political correctness this person's come to support your show and you're ripping them solely based upon the color of their skin and but yet the other way and, and a show like Nick DiPa- and I've known Nick DiPaolo for like. 20 years he's one of the first people to let me open for him in uh in a comedy club and if you met nick DiPaolo face face the nicest guy ever mm-hmm. goes on stage and just rages against the machine but that 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 medium or that form of stand-up comedy is a simple reaction to the oversensitive political co- uh, correctness that's going in comedy and this weird kind of rule that some people can make fun of some and some people can't you know and it's just this whole punching up and punching down stuff that's very interesting so you just don't buy into it right you, I, just, you just be yourself period and it is going to be what it is going to be if you tell me what rule joke i can't do i will literally write 10 minutes on that and <laughs> do it and just like it <laughs> sounds more like your personality than your political stance right it's like, well, my political stance is like, I'm on my own. I try to go through what I believe is common sense to my best ability. Yep. And, you know, that's why some stuff I fall under is can be seen as conservative. And some stuff I fall under can be seen as super liberal. But it's all to me what is common sense to the best of my ability. And the notion that there are rules that on stand-up that there's no rules anything else. Like, dude, imagine yeah, Judd Apatow right. who tells comics how to do what comedy is, telling directors what they can or cannot direct. He would be laughed out of Hollywood. <laughs> they would run him out of Hollywood, but he would never do that. He'll go after stand-up comedy because there's this push on it, and I believe it's because it's the only form that of art that takes zero budget to actually do. I could get on a a milk crate and start doing stand-up and nothing. And that's why they want to control it. Everything else takes money to really produce, if you think, and therefore you got to kowtow to people who have the money. Is that why the uh, the YouTube generation is kind of starting to rise up because it's it's free and we all just kind of put it up there and it is what it is. You well, self produce everybody. You know, I used to go to China. I've been doing stand up in China for you know over a decade. You really? know, I use I usually go once every other year. And when I first started going there, they got none of my references. You dudes stand for the expats, all the Americans over there. 
and they got none of my references. It was like, uh, I was like literally bombing in China. Is I was it, like, it was. Is, it could be a sign of war. They is could it have because taken whatever out. you were talking about was censored through the Chinese system at the time? No, 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 oh. no. They just didn't understand. They the just words, didn't right? get the references. So, but, wh- but why is that though? Because the material hadn't gotten there yet. Because they're living in China and they're like they're getting Chinese oh, stuff. The internet I wasn't see. what it is right I now. I see. I see. But now, thanks to Netflix and YouTube, and like YouTube censored there, but they get VPNs, and it's it's almost laughable what they they when they say they censor the internet. It's literally laughable. Uh, now they get all the references. Really? And so. Oh, I see. Because you get a VPN and then you can be anywhere. You can watch anything right, you right, want. Right, so. Right. But, you know, so Netflix and YouTube is the network or the television or the entertainment of the, of the world, days, yeah. of the world. So everybody's on YouTube. So kind of like before our conversation, before the, the show we were talking about, it's like YouTube is the underground railroad, in my opinion, to financial freedom and career freedom and that everybody should get on it. So everybody in China's watch. I mean, I you can find out who's watching your your show and you'll you be like click on that. N- yeah. Like some weird shit in like Korea, Iran. And you're like, people are watching it there. And like it, we're yeah. big in Germany. Yeah. It's like <laughs> crazy, right? Obviously. Yeah. And when people go, hey, I'm listening from Australia. It's crazy. I'm like, that's amazing to me. Yeah. Do you have to do you ever do like do the right like coding? a T-Rex? Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the universal sign for writing yeah, T-Rex. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Uh, uh, no, I even do the, the you do the translations for like, oh, here's what it is in German for I, what all this. I don't bullshit do is. any. I'm so you lazy. I just put, I don't edit. I just put it out. I do none of it. Well, that's dude. great. No editing. I'm a big fan of. I told you that the name of this show is a little nod to Gary Shandling. Yeah, and yeah. If you're looking at say comedy of like the Gary Shandling or the Jerry Seinfeld world, we lean more towards the the natural, the the open flow. Don't edit. Real the, emotional. The Keep biggest the problem I had with that that biography that they did on him, or the docu series that they did on Gary Shandling, it seems like you have a trouble with Judd Apatow. <laughs> you know, I don't wish I wish nothing but love to Judd Apatow and his family. I hope he does well. I, I think he needs to shut up when it comes to stand up and stop telling people who do it full time what to do when he does it when he wants to. Mm. I have to do it because I have to. You know, I literally have no other skills and. According to some of the comments, I don't even have this skill. So it's like, (laughs) you know, it's amazing. People are like, you're not funny. I'm like, what? What? But it is what it is. Who told you I wasn't funny? But the great thing about Gary Shandling was how long it took him to make it in Hollywood. In a time when everybody was getting TV shows. Interesting. It was like almost just show up to L.A. and you'll be on TV at that point. Because comedy in in, in stand-up in the form that we know now was so brand new. Late 70s, early 80s, something like that. It took him like 10, 15 years to make it. Like, he didn't get past forever. Well, he was a writer first, right? Right. That's what he had to do. So he had that at least under his belt, and then he would start performing at some point. Yeah, but he wouldn't get picked up at any of the comedy clubs. It took him forever to get picked up by Mincy Shore. And those are big things, and it took forever. And there was no talk of that. That, to me, was the most amazing thing. It's like a guy who was so revered at the end. Totally. Like, struggled so hard to get any kind of love and for me personally like in my career or whatever my career is it's like i've now started making money i've been doing comedy 25 years it took me 23 years to even break even on this shit like you have to be a completely insane human being to be like i'm gonna do something for 23 years before i actually make a before decent a paycheck living. yeah it's like crazy right <laughs> 23 year intern right wow 
Gosh, yeah. you're fucking fascinating. I really like you already. I hope that's all right to say halfway through this. <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah. No, I like you. I'm, your brain is spinning, and I and I like where it's going. Um, origin stories, though. Cortland, New York. I'm yeah, from upstate. Connecticut. She's from it's she's from me. Rochester. So I've never. Oh, heard Rochester. Of it. Yeah, we're the same near hood, man. Where's that's Cortland? Right, like people, it's, Cortland's about 25 miles outside Syracuse. Oh shit! It is way up we, there. I call it ghetto country. <laughs> like people don't realize how white hood. That area is, yeah. and it goes back to kind of talk about like white privilege and all that stuff. It's like go up to upstate New York, you see some <laughs> ghetto country. Some I call them hood farmers. Like like we have like cows and meth labs, dude. Like that's all upstate New York is just cows and meth labs. And there's farmers, or you're either farmers or you're tweakers, man. And it's just like wow, yeah, it's I had crazy. No idea. I remember and all the cows? I guess the, the th- meth moved in. Since oh, I dude, left. meth is like Rochester's like kind of hoodie, right? It's gotten kind of shady as fuck, right? <laughs> it, it, it used to be when IBM I was growing up, it had the highest per capita murder rate. Like, yeah, that's all I knew. Nobody knows about that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like super hood. Codex there, it's so pretty. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, take a picture. And it's like you go there, but it's also this weird kind of conservatism as well, where it's like, you know, it's like I've toured the whole country. I've gigged everywhere. And I'll tell you the most conservative area I think is upstate New York. Like, and I was just in Alabama and they were like, you were just in Alabama, dude, I had to do, which is very interesting. During this whole thing or just before? Well, like I, you know, myself and Eddie Bravo. Shout out, just had a birthday, Eddie Bravo. Happy birthday, Eddie Bravo. You know, um, we did we do a tour off my podcast called Tinfoil Hat because he likes to do stand-up. So we said, let's put this tour together where we can play to our own group and uh, our own people. And so one of the places we got sent to was Huntsville, Alabama. And a lot Space of people, camp. dude, a lot of people don't know it, but it's like, so we got done with the show. It's literally the worst turnout we had. I like we do really well in places. Like they'll give us like we I call them suicide missions, where like <laughs> where we're like good luck on getting anybody, and we have packed houses. Like I'm really, really blown away by like I'm like, dude, we just did eleven o'clock on a Friday, and we had a packed house. That that's a sign. Some but we went to Huntsville. It's like a four hundred seat room, and there's seventy people there. And I'm I like, can't oh, got there. <laughs> right. So we get off stage and like somebody there was like, you know, they sent you on a, literally a suicide mission. Like this is the center of basically the new world order. Like if you get into all that stuff, like this is where Von Braun, who, okay, you want to hear a funny, this is my Werner, joke. Werner Von Braun, okay. So a Nazi, a Satanist and a Scientologist <laughs> walk into a bar and what do they do? What do they do? They create NASA. That's who created NASA, okay? <laughs> Von Braun was a Nazi. Jack Parson was a Satanist. And he was working with that time with L. Ron Hubbard. And they created NASA. L. Ron Hubbard ends up banging his... Nobody does, because they don't tell you that. He, and then L. Ron Hubbard ends up banging Jack Parson's wife. And that's why he got his girlfriend, and, and he spin out. But that's who invented NASA, and nobody talks about that. So this guy comes up, and he goes, you were just sent on a suicide mission because... This is where NASA and this is where all the satellites, the coordinate, the, the control center, control center of all the set, not just like uh, a button to the whole In system Alabama? runs out of here. Yeah, when you watch Wally and all that space junk and I mean, all those satellites, theoretically, the, the mapping system for all of them. I feel is so much better for going to space camp your in Florida. Un- her uncle uh, yeah. is in, the, in that field. Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whole I thing is ran out of that. So then I go on and I start reading. Uh, so he goes, 
up until like the late 80s, you were not allowed to talk about how Von Braun was a Nazi. They had all convinced themselves that he only did that because he was forced to and he had to play ball to survive in Germany. That's that's where we're going to. So and then I started reading this thing about this group called this family called the the P you're smart. P-A-Y-S-E-U-R. How would you pronounce that? P-A-Y-S-U-E-R. Yeah. Pesure. The Pesur family, and you said a very French, which is their French royalty. And if you look, start looking into them, they basically own everything, right? So that's where a lot of their headquarters came out of it was Huntsville, Alabama. So we got sent into the one place that definitely does not like my podcast. But you, I look at it the other way then at this point. I'm thinking, man, they sold 70 seats. Yeah. yeah pretty impressive. In that, yeah, in anywhere the else, I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. We literally went to the New World Order and sold some tickets, so it was, it's fun. It's almost like they just wanted to know what you were uh, going to be talking about. I always give a shout to all the CIA and the NSA that's in the crowd, and the guy's like, you nailed it. They were all all part of that i'm like okay cool that's you know? what i would think are you uh are you more known for the conspiracy stuff because that's that was new to me until you brought it up earlier which is very interesting is like yeah that's kind of what i'm known for like i've had my own tv show i've you know what was i've the tv show Let's it's called wild it. world of spike on spike tv and then i as I'm, in as it was that a take on uh good old howard code cell well then, yeah we would well, we, hat behind you from wide world of sports literally on the set that's a riot so uh, we were one of the original shows that would watch like video clips and make fun of them Mm. and then so i get booked on this thing steve Byrne. it's very interesting steve Byrne. like hey i got this audition sullivan and sons yeah 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 yeah. he's a good friend of mine dude you used to work on sullivan sons i right i worked with peter billingsley that was that show was such an interesting show yeah that whole cast had like anger anger management issues um we'll later go into horrible cheers yeah i got a lot of calls about that right it's like so weird it was funny though it was great and i love steve Byrne. i'm super happy he got to do that um but um so we would do this show and uh so steve calls me he's like dude i got these guys who want me to come down do an audition they say if i have a buddy you want to do it so I'm like, yeah. So I just been talking to Ari Ari Shafir. She's like, when I walk into an audition, I just do the weirdest shit I can and see how far I can Ari go. Does? Ari Shafir, right? Does. So well, I go yeah, down there. Outside the box. So we're doing this audition. I usually kill auditions, and I just guy isn't laughing at anything. I'm like, oh, I'm bombing this. So I go, hey Steve. He looks at me, and I just smack the shit out of him. I'm just like. Whack! And he goes, what? And I go, start talking. And I just start humping the wall, right? I don't know why. I just started humping. Because it was all Doing these- the craziest thing. Yeah. So that and so on the ride home, he's like, why'd you hit me? I was like, dude, I was bombing, dude. And I, I never <laughs> bomb in auditions. I'm really sorry. And then like two days later, I go, hey, you booked. You got it. I'm like, what? Ah! So weird, so, right? Uh, the Ari method. Yeah, the Ari just go hard <laughs> in the pain. Holy shit. Hard, hard into the pain. So we- So- I didn't even know what I was auditioning for, right? I just auditioned because it was at the time I cared. And so I was like, do an audition. So so I get, they're like, okay, come um, come do the show and uh, we're going to tell you what the show's about. So I show up and they're like, okay, here's the show. You're going to do uh, stunts. I'm like, what? Yeah, you're doing your own stunts. I'm like, what did I audition to? So then I learned about doing stunts and so I learned what a hematoma is. I never knew oh, what that no. was until yeah. So hurt? I gained this. Oh, dude! I my leg looked like the 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 the, the resistance leader from uh what was that movie with I don't know. You're my so obscure. with with um 
uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger when you know the, the it would come out of the gut was that Red Planet or Red Dawn? What was Red that? Dawn? Red no, no it wasn't Red right. Dawn. But right. It's just like a hematoma on my leg. I gained like 15 pounds of permafat because I would get <laughs> so like I would be so hurt I couldn't move for days. This is from Wide World of Spike. Yes, it was crazy. So you were not hosting it. You were out doing the shit. I it was me and my friend Jason Ellis and Kit Cope. Jason Ellis and I. To this, I'm friends with both of them sure. still, and uh, so yeah, we would we would make fun of videos, and then we pick one of the videos and we go try it, and it would just literally wow. involve me getting my ass beat. Wow, that sounds it almost sounds like a combination of the old show and Jackass for like yeah, a better, that's lack of exactly a what it was. So wow, I did that. So then, like, I've been friends with Jason Ellis. He does. He has this radio show, and it's called the Ellis Mania. And he just asked me to do pro wrestling for the first time. And I grew up on pro wrestling. Did you really? The old pro WWF? wrestling where the guys had like dad bods, not this homoerotic <laughs> stuff oh, where so everyone has hard nipples and anal bleachings. I'm talking like where Sergeant Slaughter would come out like, You're ta- like your dad. This is the town I grew up in. Sergeant yeah. Slaughter lived in my town. Yeah. He, was, he had a he, camouflage limousine. Yeah. I swear to God. He That's was the hilarious. best. True. I did the roast of Iron Sheik. It was like a highlight of my life. When I was a kid, my dad was friends. Well, before I was a kid, before I was born, my dad was friends with Lou Albano, who became later Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, the rubber band. Yeah, and the Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper video. So one day he took me to my favorite. My parents were divorced since I was like four years old, uh, six years old, something like that. Uh, one day he took me to my favorite. How old are you? Uh, Forty. Going to be. So 42. you were you were in my generation where that was like kind of the first of the divorced generation where parents were getting oh, divorced yeah, yeah, yeah. openly. We, like I was the it only was one very I knew hard. In my town. Yeah. That's a ve- I got a story about that too. So my dad took me to my about favorite your restaurant. Divorce, your parents' divorce. I can't wait to hear about <laughs> okay. that. Are you the reason? <laughs> I can't. Uh, uh, he took me to my favorite restaurant, and he didn't tell me anything other than we're going to Victoria Station, which was in Darien, Connecticut at the time, which is right next to Stanford, Connecticut. Still, uh, we get inside, and I see the long flowing hair of Hulk Hogan. Oh my god! That we're in the bar area. It was the place was a it was a train theme, so essentially it's like a waiting platform in this bar area. Uh, I then realized the people who are around him on the couch, it's Lou Albano, Cindy Lauper. Uh, I can't remember if Rowdy Roddy Piper was there. I think in my mind I might have put him there. But like three other people, including Iron Sheik and... Uh, the Giant Guy was there, right? I don't think Andre the Giant okay. was there. I wanted him to... But I mean, like five WWF superstars, oh, yeah. not stars, superstars yeah. were there. Yeah, I mean like I And I, I got say, to go meet them and hang out with them. I say, Piper's, I say Piper's Pit is the original podcast. Oh wow, he was a great guy. Oh, dude, he used to go to he comedy was a really store. Nice guy, dude, you ever want to watch did? the funniest video ever? So, I had a brand. It's called the Naughty Show, which is hilarious that people think I'm conservative. I did a show with comedy with porn stars. You know, it's like it's so interesting. <laughs> like people don't know me. It's like, dude, it if must you must have been the Alex Jones thing. Or yeah, something. it's just such. In- well, because like. Anyway, I railed against Hillary Clinton. Like, and that's a big thing. But going back to the thing, so <laughs> but because you were pro Bernie at the time, right? Yeah, very much, right. dude. And she, she jacked that whole thing. I watched that in real time, and people were like, "Oh, whatever." Like Abby Martin's, I love her with all my heart. She's supposedly on Jimmy Dore, going Sam and his Trump loving fans. I'm like, dude, it's not true, man. We are on nobody's side. I don't like the right. I don't like the left. It's pro wrestling to me. It's two heads of the same snake. Okay. But back to this naughty show thing. So we used to do this thing at the comedy store. I mean, at the Improv. I used to do the naughty show at the Improv. It was a uh, Comedy Central pilot I did. And they were like, we love the show, we hate Sam. That's when I knew I was done in Hollywood. When they're like, we, we love... So seriously, give us your notes. Yeah. We love your idea, we fucking hate you, right? So, 
So I um so I, we would do this That's show nice. called the Naughty Show, and it was like, and it was an adult variety show. It was ma- so because I used to be, a, I'm still a dirty comic, and but this was back like almost 10, 12 years ago when comedy it wasn't the internet wasn't the same, right? And people were still trying to be a clean corporate comic, and I was like, I like being honest with who I am on stage. So I go, how can I do a show for dirty comedy? And, you know, not have people there that are going to be like, oh, oh. I go, oh, I'll know. I'll, Let them know up front. I'm going to put porn stars on the show. Because I used to do the the, the, the uh, Vivid Video comedy tour, and I would crush there. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my own show. I'm going to put porn stars on this. So anybody who sees porn stars won't come to the show, because if they hate porn stars, they're going to hate my act. So we would do this variety show, and uh, you're one, editing your audience basically, right? Yeah, you're, I'm like, you're get to the funnel fu- down theory, dude. If I don't walk two tables uh, during the week during when I'm doing a tour, I haven't done my job. That's my opinion. I like push it right to the. I right love the it, line. dude. Right to the line. I always go to a club and go, "What's or, the record on people being walked?" They're like, "Oh, this one comic walked four people one time." I'm like, "Get ready for a high score, okay?" I, dude, I, it's like the fact that you would come there, you go to a comedy show and just not know who you're going to see. Like that's like, let's walk in this restaurant. I hope oh, they cook I so stuff weird. I like. So weird. I know. Let's go see this band. What band's playing? I don't know. Let's just go. It's like, tourists, though, right? It's no, tourists, people who are in town. Tourists. It's just crazy people. They just <laughs> don't use the internet, and they just show up, and they think there's rules to the shit. So we, we did a show where one of my favorite adult film stars, who's a very nice person, her name is Dana DeArmond. So I, I, Roddy Piper's coming around. I wanted to do something with Roddy Piper that fits into his wheelhouse. So... One of my good friends, again, is Ari Shafir, who's famous for this video called The Amazing Racist. And, like, people didn't realize that later on that that was all scripted stuff. But, like, people got so angry. It's so obvious when you watch it now how scripted it was. Yeah. You know, but people would get really mad. So I'm like, how can I do something with that? So during the show, we would give away our Lifetime Achievement Award to an adult film star. It was called The Silver Slong of Excellence, right? Later on... Somebody stole the silver slong. There's literally a silver slong out there that somebody stole. <laughs> this and we had a song for it. it. Was this is a song about the silver slong, the silver slong of excellence because it's excellent. And uh, we were given the lifetime achievement award to Dana DeArmond, and she gave this little speech. And we're like, okay, we're gonna open it to uh, anybody who wants to do uh, ask Dana any questions. So we have some people, and then we see in the back already raised hand. I'm like, oh no. It's the amazing racist. What's he saying? Uh, are your are your grandparents in heaven watching you have sex with black guys? And we're like, no, you can't say that. And all of a sudden, there's a <laughs> bing, and on the video screen, and all of a sudden, we hear, "I've come here to do two things. I've come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass." And I'm all Wait, out of bubble gum, and that's, that's his. Roddy Roddy Piper so from, from the movie. Yeah, so we did a montage of Roddy Piper's most, and I didn't know how this was going to go. We did a montage of um, Roddy Piper's fam- most famous moments in wrestling, and then I'm like, "Oh my God, it's Roddy Piper!" And the room went nuts. Explosion. I, explode, and you could watch the video. Comes on time. He's like, amazing racist. That's enough of you. Get on stage, you, right? You did it. Yeah, yeah. So he walks on stage and like, uh, 
He goes, Amazing Races, do you have anything funny to say? And Ari just smacks the shit out of him, right? Out of the real Roddy Piper. Out of the really Roddy Piper. And like Ari was before, like, how do you want to do this? He's like, uh, you should hit me. <laughs> like, He's like, in the I, face. I He's it. like, I can take it. Yeah, that's what we do. So hit me in the face. So Ari smacks him, and then of course, like, like he's just a pro. If you watch it, it looks like he's beating the shit out of Ari, but he's doing it so professionally. Sure. He's taking his head, hitting it on the piano. Sure. It was the most amazing moment. There's a couple naughty show moments that are just the greatest moments ever, and it was like that was one of them. And like Roddy Piper was a big part of that whole thing. That line though, uh, "They Live" is one of my favorite. John Carpenter, for everybody who doesn't know, "They Live." It's worth a, worth a watch. So I got a call from Jason oh, Ellis. Shit. Sorry, I thought you were done. Hold no, 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 sorry, buddy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just wanted Let to bring. I wanted to wrap movie, it up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm totally hijacking your show. No, this is what I do. That's why you're here. It's great. But I, I got a call from Jason Ellis. He's like, "Hey, mate, you." You ever want pro wrestle? I'm like, hell yeah. He's like, what? we're doing an Ellis Mania. We're closing out. We think it would be great if you brought your character Armageddon to the show. And I'm like, yeah. So Armageddon, I, I have two specials out. One's called Zero Fuck. The other one's called Armageddon. I have this here. These are on Vimeo, right? Yeah, yeah. But and you go watch them. Now, you're right. Yeah, you can go watch them. Is it pay per view? It is, yeah. They're, they're only like, it's like $1.50 the oh rent. Two dollars, two fifty to own. I don't know. It's like yeah, the super it's, cheap. Go get it. Right? Yeah, just go, go check it, it out. It go was shot it. at the Viper Room. Nobody's ever recorded Here, any uh, comedy at the Viper Room ever. Okay. I was the first one. Plus, it's going to be all different soon, so it's kind of a timepiece too. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know. I mean, we like the House we, of Blues is gone, 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 go, literally gone. Well, you know, if the comedy store doesn't kick ass like it's going to, and it needs to, they will knock that down, turn it into some Chinese. We're basically turning L.A. into an Airbnb city. Like, all these places. <laughs> like, you drive by these condos. They're, like, all... It's all Airbnb, and nobody's living in them. Yeah. So, I do this... Uh, I did uh, pro wrestling. It was the coolest thing ever. It was so cool. It was so... I played Armageddon. Instantly, I was the heel. I'm like, why am I the heel? Oh, because I'm Armenian, and everybody hates Armenian taxi drivers, <laughs> which is a funny story into that. If you go to my Wikipedia page, the first... Uh, First credit is uh, that Paul Mooney called me the N-word, which is a true story. That's on here. Can we talk about Paul Mooney? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Do you know Paul Mooney? What's the story? What's the story when he calls you an N-word? Paul Mooney is the reason I became a a regular at the comedy store. Without him, I I might not be there. I'm a huge Paul Mooney fan. Oh, yeah, dude. Huge Paul Mooney fan. And it's kind of rare because I'm not really the the demographic. Right, right. (laughs) We were pulling in. Do you remember one day we were pulling into someplace in Hollywood? It might have been the Peterson. I can't remember somewhere. But literally, he was walking down the street, and I was I stopped. I had to make a left hand turn into like a parking garage, and I stopped to let him walk by because one, I recognized him, and yeah. two, he's a pedestrian. Like that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. He stopped and would not go any further. He was like, I'm not going to allow you to let me go first. He's like, after you. Yeah. And it was like one of those things I was like, fuck, that was Paul Mooney yeah, doing yeah, Paul yeah. Mooney for me. I mean, it was just amazing, even Very though I'm not awesome. the demo. So I'm a huge fan for everything he stands for way back when, when it was really important, and now while he's still He's a wonderful fight. person. So I'd love to hear your story. And so there used to be, the, there's been several like epic all-time shows in L.A. One of the first ones was a show at Hustler at Hollywood. They did a show there, 
And uh, the hustler like the store. Yeah, they would do stamp there, and it was packed out. You're kidding! It was yeah. packed in the it store. It was packed. It was packed. Whoa! I forget I the know. name of the host, but he was obviously blown out on coke all the time. Oh, Johnny Montana was his name. He always talked like this the whole time. He's like, I'm Johnny Montana. I'm just like, I'm just a guy. And he was just like trying to get stage time. It's like Nick Turturro. Yeah, 100. <laughs> percent So he's just. I don't think he was on coke, but he seemed like he was yeah, on coke. Mr. And Energy. One day I was doing a show there. And it was a, I was doing a joke about how hard it is to be a white guy in America. And I got off stage, and, and uh, Paul Mooney rushes up to me. I'm like, holy shit, it's Paul Mooney. He goes, he goes oh, homie, you ain't white. You's an Armenian. You's a nigger. I was like, I just got called the N-word by the guy who basically has copyrighted the M-word. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is one of my greatest credits to my life is being called the M-word by Paul Mooney. So I never knew if Paul Mooney hated me or liked me or anything like oh, that. Oh, to me, I thought he was saying, you're you're fighting the fight as well. That's what I took. Along the lines of that. But he was like body. going, stop doing jokes about being a white guy and how hard it Agreed. is. That's really Agreed. what he's, he's saying. He's editing your act for sure. Yeah, for also sure. telling you <laughs> yeah. that he thinks yeah. that we're somehow simpatico. Yeah, you ain't in the club, homeboy. <laughs> yeah. So at the comedy store... Which is a compliment in his mind for sure Sure. like paul mooney is gold yeah so to to get in at the comedy store is from this guy such respect (laughs) i'm serious such respect (laughs) thank you well that's why it's my wikipedia credit i was like i gotta have that in there it's probably gonna make so i never work on television ever but fuck it i don't care so so 9-11 happens right oh back to (laughs) yeah so let's lighten it up a little bit no 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 this is actually pre 9-11 i'm sorry mitzi has this vision that middle easterns are gonna have to have their own comedy show to have a voice for their people and this is before before 9-11 okay so Mm. i get a call from duncan trussell who was the booker at the time and maz jabrani he's like Duncan's like, Sam, I think I can get you in at the comedy store. Mitzi's doing a show about Middle Easterns. Are you Middle Eastern? I go, I'm Armenian. He goes, close enough, okay? I'm going to do you a showcase. And he goes, this is the key to being being picked by Mitzi. Do do a joke about one of your, do a joke about your ethnic group, do a joke about one of your parents, and then do your favorite joke. So at the time, my favorite joke was uh, this bit about Asians on ecstasy because Joey Diaz had told me, dog, that's a great bit, dog. That's a really good bit. You should do that. It was basically about how they're so smart that their visuals are much better than everybody else's. Like dumb people trip. They have like 8-bit like visuals. It, and like all abstract. Yeah, Asians are like Dolby Digital Sound, like that's IMAX so level, funny. right? So, so I do the bit and... So when I'm doing stand-up, I look out, and sitting next to Mitzi was Paul Mooney. Now, people don't, I tell the story before, but it's like, when you showcase for Mitzi, the fear was your, 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 your showcase getting hijacked, because people would sit down next to her and just try to get attention, so she would book them. And or not see your act, yeah. so that she only remembers theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... So I look out, and there's Paul Moon. I'm like, oh, fuck. It's getting hijacked. Well, fuck it. Just have fun. But, but he's already made, right? No, he's already in there. But I mean, little did already... I know, he was telling you, like, oh. probably talking to her, like, watching oh, how good Oh, Mitzi. He's funny. He should be a regular. Wow. He's a really good comic. So I'm like, he actually, like, made, helped me make me a, uh, a regular. So I, I do my show. I get up. And I walk up. And I'm like, Mitzi, thank you for the showcase. Because you don't have to kiss the ring, right? 
<laughs> she's like, she's like, oh, you are so funny. Uh, are you Syrian? Now, full disclosure, public educated, upstate New York, I did not know what a Syrian was. I had no clue of Syria. I had no clue. For 20 more years. But she asked me if I was Syrian. I was like, yeah, I'm totally Syrian. I'm 100% Syrian. She's like, good. I want you to do this showcase, another showcase this Thursday in Jay Davis's show. And so that's how I got in. And there's more story to that. But that's basically my story of Paul Mooney and how I got in. That's incredible. And why you have such respect. Yeah, well, I love him to death. I like anybody who who pushes the envelope, take chance. Now, you don't have to do that. I, I love people who are authentic to themselves. Like, I can love Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy as much as I can love David Tell. David Tell is my favorite, but I can love, I love that when you master whatever you're doing. Yeah, just being good at your fucking job. The problem right now in comedy is that the, the liars are winning the war, and it's like they're trying to make comedy and entertainment the same as politics we only elect liars right now who like i know why women go nuts when guys like wine them and dine them to get laid and then they get laid and then they don't hear from them again i get why you go crazy because it's the same thing in politics we get told everything we want and as soon as they get elected they completely abandon the whole thing it's we're literally in a time of like taxation with no representation we're getting what do you have an agent I do. Have, I, I do have an agent. It's always one of those. It, it, it paints a parallel for me. It's one of those like everybody wants to wine you and dine you to get you on their roster, and then all of a sudden it's like cricket. Where are you? What? Do you remember my number? Or yeah, like, what's going but on? this is the great. What you're doing here, this set, your show, you know, with your wife, is the great equalizer. Exactly. That's what we were talking about earlier about YouTube and the whole bit. Yeah, it's like I get hit up more now than I ever did. I can't wait to tell Paul Mooney I'm on the Underground Railroad. <laughs> He's going to be so proud. <laughs> He's going to be so happy. Oh, homie. <laughs> Holy crap. That's going to be great. Um, do you like cars at all? Are you into cars at all? I am There's into no cars. I am into cars. I like cars. I wish I, I wish, you know, I don't have any man skills besides shit talking, you well, know? You're thinking, Brain. Yeah, that's it. That's but one. I would love to be able to work on cars. Like, I'm kind of caught between this desire to get a Tesla. Oh, yeah. And this desire to get an old school, like, muscle car. Dude, you're right in the middle, right? Yeah, I like them both. But it's like, gas is $5 out here now. And I got all these people like, oh, you should move the, you should move here. It's only $2. I'm like, yeah, you live in, like, Idaho. <laughs> I'm paying a tax for not living in Idaho. That's the $3 <laughs> gas tax that I have to pay. But it's like I also like I also like uh, Teslas, but I'm very concerned about the CIA's ability to, to Track, yeah. <laughs> take my car and run it into a tree. There is that. There is that. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, hosting stuff. You host tons and tons of stuff. Um, but I've also seen you guesting on Joe Rogan, which is probably the podcast to me. That's more almost the Tonight Show of these days. It is the Tonight Show. In the in, in the, and I don't mean that as a show. Almost a, he's the Johnny Carson of TV. That maybe, maybe that's a better way to say. He yeah. is. Uh, you're a regular on that show. I am. You've, I, you're recurring. You've been you've been on a few uh, times. The last the last one I did was about two and a half years ago, and it was uh, the End of the World podcast, where it was him, Bill Bird, Doug Stanhope, oh, and I didn't even deal. expect to go up, and then suddenly because I love Doug Stanhope, he's such a a, a fucking wonderful person and is he still live out of town i'm gonna read you what my friend said it's like it goes back to like okay so in comedy there's this real push right now to get uh you know to make political correctness and all this stuff and 
the darkest and dirtiest comics are the nicest people. Yeah. And I have this theory that, like, not all clean comics are assholes, but most asshole comics were clean. Hmm. Okay. It's business decisions, and they start going crazy because they're not being true, and they got to make business decisions, and it drives them nuts. So people like Nick DiPaolo, who everybody's going nuts on right now because it's a special, is the nicest guy when you meet him. I loved, I've loved yeah. Nick DiPaolo for years. He's always Doug great. Stanhope could not be a nicer, a total teddy bear. He's, also, this he's is almost the, a humanitarian, Doug Stanhope. He's such this, a sweet pussycat. This is, I want to read you this. This is my... Uh, this is my old roommate, Scott. We moved out here together, which is a funny story in that. Um, <laughs> we lived in a weekly. You ever been? You ever heard of weeklies? Is it rental? Uh, it is Airbnb for homeless people. Okay. <laughs> it really is. We lived in this weekly, and, and we got kicked out because uh, they thought I was a gay hooker, right? Because at night it was so hot. Turned I, out you weren't gay. I, the fact that they were like f- thought I could make money off my ass is like so, so, so nice. So nice compliment. funny is my buddy has narcolepsy, and what causes him triggers his narcolepsy is if he laughs too hard. Get the fuck. And he hangs and out with comics. Oh my god. So I get kicked out of this weekly. I drive to Starbucks where he's working. And I'm like, I'm a crying. I'm crying. And he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, they kicked us out of the weekly because they think I'm a gay hooker. He just starts going. <laughs> so he's sleeping. I'm crying. I look over. And <laughs> so much. Yeah. There's so much going on. Yeah. So, so I get a call from Scott the other day. He's like, uh, yeah, I just saw Doug Stanhope in Oxnard. Apparently rape is funny. Oh, yeah. Dead kids, grieving parents, gang rape, and more. But you That's meet Doug Stanhope. He's the nicest dude in the world. Yeah. I don't even know why I brought the. Why did I bring up Stanhope? I, mm. I forgot. Uh, I brought up Joe Rogan, and that was when you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I got asked to do that. That uh, end of the world thing, which was the 2016 election day. From the comedy store, right? Yeah, and it's during, the greatest the election. comedic thing I've yeah. ever done. It was like a very, it was amazing to be on that. It was live on YouTube, too. Remember we were switching back and forth? Yeah. Because we watched things on the Apple TV. Yeah, so you yeah. Just, you translate between TV and YouTube. It was a great panel. To, it, oh, it was great to, to watch this, this group of people walk this crowd through this insane moment yeah. well, that nobody everyone expected. everyone thought it was going to go another way. And then it was like, well, wait a second. This might be. And then people, you were talking about walking people. Like, people started to leave from the crowd and, like, starting to go home. Start, people started getting drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really, like, a little bit of everything. Microcosm of it's the It's really a planet. choice between... Evil, evil, and stupid evil. And we got stupid evil. But it was, but it was like, yeah, Rogan's show is amazing. Uh, Have you done it? You've done it in the studio too, though, right? Yeah, I haven't been to the new studio. The new Rogan is amazing because people have no clue what it's like to have every single word coming out of your mouth overanalyzed by millions of people. And like, you talk about the comments? Just everything he says is analyzed. To, like the mental gymnastics to be able to do that is just insane. I I could not do that. The mm. the mental fortitude to keep that train on the tracks is amazing. The and, focus to stay away from whatever been saying. You mean? Well, just to be like, you know, it's basically like his head has to be a think tank on its own, and it they have to though, analyze what are we going to say right now? Every word. Every word. Every word. And so that is... You're almost talking about his own media training, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, well, there's a reason why... The UFC is huge, and Joe Rogan is a giant part of that. 
because his ability to communicate what's going on. Right, it got big when he became the voice of it. Yeah, I mean, he's the John Madden of that sport. <laughs> Football! Yeah, right? So it's like, it's an, it's an amazing it's an amazing thing. It's, a, it's incredible power, and I think he handles it very well. Same. Uh, somebody else who's been in the news lately, not for necessarily good reasons, Brody Stevens. You knew Brody, too? Oh, I loved him. Yeah. With all my heart. And yeah. it's just like, uh, you know, it's just a very interesting thing. I, I'm really trying to push comedians to stop uh, thinking that you have to take the bad comments. You know, it's just like we're the only, the only one who has it worse in comics are rappers because mm. we're, you know, they don't have trolls. They get shot by people. Right. That's <laughs> no much worse. They just take, yeah. 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 They get a cap in their hand. But outside of that, Correct. comedians put out the, their passion and they instantly get destroyed. And there's this notion we have to take it. And we have to just part of the gig, and it's not part of the gig. Like, Frank Sinatra never dealt with that. You literally criticized Frank Sinatra. The mob came and broke your arm. It's like, delete the comments. Frank's block done talking people. to you. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are on your own up there. Yeah, it's, but it's block but the comments. Why do we have to put yeah. up with that? Why are there even a- comments? Like, what yeah. is this? That, like, YouTube created this thing where it's like instant feed. Why? Why do we need that? It's dumb and it's just now you look at the comments on youtube it's all ai shit just getting people to fight with each other you know and i see some of my friends i see young comedians come into la and they start to uh you just see them start to change because you start getting addicted to these tweets and retweets and the more radical the tweets you start seeing like more and it's like it's not real it's bots they're just tweeting you to say the shit, and it's just this twist in the knife all yeah. over the place, left and right. It's so the Brody was really affected by the comments on his special, and it really it's breaks my shame. heart. It's such a shame. That's so sad. We, who were we we were just talking about him with. I don't. We were just talking to somebody about him. Well, we had lunch with Mark Brazil the other day. That's what it was, um, and it was the same kind of thing. It's like you just, if possible, you got to tune that shit the fuck out. Because it doesn't matter. It, it should not, and it's what you do, it should not affect what your art is and what your trajectory is. Because if you're being true to yourself, that's really all that matters in my book. I have a, a black belt and get the fuck out of here, and oh. I'll block anybody. So I have doing that no, for years. Yeah. To I, earn a black belt. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> listen, dude, I don't, I don't owe you anything. This is free content. Mm-hmm. You're going to threaten me or make some stupid or bring up some guy I know hates me out there? Block, dude. I don't care. I'll block it down to one person. I'll, if I have one person watching me, I don't. I seriously, I don't care. This notion that I have to put up with your shit is it's just not, ridiculous. It's, it's not block people. They, you, dude. This is your art and your love, man. Block anybody who brings negativity. There don't it is. make your own fucking art and put it out the way you want to. Yes. Fuck everybody. I don't owe anybody anything, dude. This is free shit. And it's why I do play to 200, 300 people in the room when I have friends who are playing to thousands of people. Because I don't play the game. I don't want to play the game. And I don't need to hear your bullshit. Where can people find you on social media? At Sam Tripoli. <laughs> <sighs> At Sam Tripoli, dude. T-R-I-P-O-L-I. I mean, I hit my 50,000 subscribers on YouTube, which was oh, my goal. Amazing. Yeah. Congrats. It's the goal, and uh, you know I'm super happy about it, dude. Create your own pirate ship, man. There we go. Over and over and over. Oh, that's going to haunt your nightmares. Mute that. Um, thanks for being here, man. Is there anything we Dude, wanna, I we love your setup, man. Thank you. And I love what you guys are doing, and you guys should know you're – who am I? I'm nobody, dude, but 
I have no respect for this whole thing. When I, I didn't even know I was walking in, I'm going to be honest with you. Kevin Couch, a good friend of mine, he's like, do their show. It's really great. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> man, when I saw your setup, it's beautiful. It's amazing. What you're doing is amazing. Thanks, and it man. will pay off. It will pay off, man. And you're going to create, create your own pirate ship, dude. That's Thank the you, key brother. to everything. Uh, I like to raid other people. You know, I, I mean, I teed yeah, off on Judd Apatow and nothing happened to me because I have my own pirate ship, dude. Create, be your own boss. You'll never have to have another boss again. You guys are doing it. This is mind-blowingly awesome. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, please come back anytime you anytime. feel like it. I'll be here tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so one day we're not here. No. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, who do we have to? Oh, no, we are. We're not here tomorrow. Not That's here amazing. Tomorrow. We're at Breakfast Club tomorrow up at Newcomb, so come on up there. <laughs> And uh, next week we've got uh, Bart. Q- I don't know how to say his last name. But Q- I Cukins. Q- Q- I, that's the butchering Porsche it. But automotive he's, photographer. Guy. Yeah, he's a very well-known guy in the Porsche community. Also, Kira Soldanovich oh, is going to be here best. as well. And can I tell one story about her? Sure, go ahead. So Kira's a good friend of mine, and uh, people say we look like brother and sister. But we're not related, right? So the first time I met her, oh, everyone's like, see that. dude, this chick looks like your sister. Yeah, it's in here. <laughs> so I, I go, that. hey, can we do something funny? She goes, yeah. So we set up this thing. So I brought her on stage at this show that, that I was doing with uh, some of the funniest people. I know Duncan Trussell, Jason Tebow, Brian Jarvis. Our opening act was Al Magical, who's now oh, shooting like huge no movies, way, right? From the Daily, on the Daily Show. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge movies. Like the kids, the man's one of the smartest people I know, one yeah. of the funniest, nicest dudes. So I bring up, I'm <laughs> like, hey, man, can I bring up my sister? Can I bring my sister up on stage? Oh. Everyone's like, yeah. This is my sister. Give her a round of applause. Everyone starts clapping. I'm like, I love my sister so much, but we got to do the show. Let's do the show. I go, bye, sis. And we uh-uh. start uh-huh. making uh-huh. out on stage. Yep. yep, knew it was coming. Yeah. And everyone's like, so oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> she is so lethal, funny, and she's a wonderful person. And uh, she's going to kill it on your show. Thanks, man. She's going to be here next week. So all of that and more. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Ryan, I love you so much. Holy shit, dude. We love you so much. You guys have a great show. Thanks, Thanks, Sam Tripoli. We love everyone at home. Please love one another. See you tomorrow at Breakfast Club. Have a great weekend. See you next week.